Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. What's up? Hello. It's fine Southern California afternoon. <laughs> this, I think this episode that we're going to cover is the one that like aired like the week that we first started hanging out in real life. It did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> This is, yeah, this is our S.H.I.E.L.D. friendiversary episode. Can we say that? (laughs) I guess so. It's kind of cool. Either this one or the next one, I think, we could claim. (laughs) So funny. Because I can't remember exactly what date. I guess I could probably look at, like... I think we could figure it out. Because I I took photos of the protest. It was the Sunday after the Women's March. I know that. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's how I know it in my head. The first thing I did after getting drunk with a friend at a vineyard uh, after coming back from San Diego that weekend was go to the Women's March. (laughs) And Mm. and then uh, I met you at the airport. Yep. (laughs) Yes, he did. Weird, weird, weird memory. Weird memory. I'm never going to forget it. It's so funny. Um, So this is the episode where we find out Mace's secret. Many secrets. And it's also a very Talbot-heavy episode, which I'm so excited about. We love Adrian Pazdar here. We're big big fans of of Talbot and his dad jokes and weird, like... Oh, problematic. Yeah, super (laughs) problematic. And like channeling somebody who's probably like 25 years older than even him. Like like just like old man white racism. (laughs) I want to know who writes his dialogue. Like does he ad lib any of this or does he – does someone come up with some of the shit that he says? Because it It sounds – ridiculous (laughs) ridiculous <laughs> it all feels like it's written for george c scott the guy you know the guy who played like the general and everything like it just yeah. feels like it just feels like it's it they channel that that style of old old military guys so well i know <laughs> it's been a while since we've had a talbot episode too maybe it hasn't has he has he been in i feel like he hasn't been in the season a lot right i don't think he has Maybe I think briefly? maybe they've just mentioned him or he's like come up on like a like a Skype call or something. But the, the thing oh. where he double crossed them, but it wasn't really double crossed was like towards like two, two thirds of the way through last season. Right. I think so. And that was it feels like the last time there was a real good episode on him <laughs> where we got like lots of great jokes like like this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, I don't think he's been heavily featured in a in an episode in season four yet. So yay. <laughs> God, we get to talk about him. Um, before we get started, this, we are a part of the But Why Though podcast community. So be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and their website, butwhythopodcast.com. We are super proud to be a part of their community. This is season four, episode 10, titled The Patriot. Um, written by james c oliver and charla oliver i'm assuming they're a husband and wife team yeah or maybe brother and sister brother like, sister, uh, yeah. like, so, kevin and, and mo you'd assume they're rela- they're related with them like co-writing the episode and <laughs> also i can't help but think of jamie oliver the british chef right <laughs> um so exactly i assume it's I written thought. by a british chef and his wife and or sister <laughs> yes 
Um, and then Kev, our good buddy, Kevin Tantra and Mo's brother, another brother, sister team, or I don't know, James or Sharla, are you, or if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what are you, what is your relationship? Super surprised if you're listening. Thank you. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to look it up. James C. Oliver. Oh, MD. That's the first thing that came up. Sharla. Oh, I hope it did. I hope it's like a, like a. Ken Jeong situation. He is, that's the right guy. He is an MD. <laughs> he just happens to also write S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes in his spare time. So all, the only thing that I could find that came up with was the Twitter. Yeah, wife, Charlotte Oliver. There you go. You nailed it. <laughs> that's Writing for television with my wife. <laughs> the, the tiniest bit of research has <laughs> is, is, uh, is paid off. Currently writing on Marvel, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So it looks like they're still. Oh, nice. Still doing that. I don't know. Her last tweet was July 26, 2019. So maybe not. Well, yeah. And, I, and come to think of it, they wrapped on the season, right? So like nobody's writing on it. That's true. Currently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she's just not very active on Twitter anymore. All righty. Um, oh, it's funny. They're the recommended uh, people to follow. One of them was Drew Z. Greenberg, which is a, a writer. <laughs> right, another, yeah, another one of the writers another and producers. Um, all right. So if you don't remember, uh, Vienna has been brought up a quite a bit in this season, uh, I think by by Simmons and by Daisy, um, just like the circumstances around how much of a hero Mace has been. Um, oh, this was originally aired January 17th, 2017. I just realized I didn't say that. <laughs> but yeah, so um, we've... We 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 know that there's something happened in Vienna and Mace is considered a hero for it. And so we're going to learn what happens actually happened, um, which we've already talked about on past episodes. But we'll talk about it for real. Yeah, this yeah <laughs> the, the, what they've hinted at, I think, is that uh, in the past episodes is that the, there was something to do with the Sokovia Accords. There was a, like a terrorist attack. attack. Yeah. And he was a hero. That's yeah. that's all we really have heard. We don't know any details. We just know that that's what made him like get in the spotlight as this like heroic noble politician instead of just a faceless goon. <laughs> um. So we open up, and Mace is holding. It's some kind of like I would called it a press conference because I didn't really know what else to call it. But basically, like a woman was saved by Daisy Johnson, like while she was quote undercover. And so this is them like announcing that Daisy's like returning to Shield officially, and to have the the victim that Daisy rescued come out and say like a public thank you to her. It's very strange, but anyway, it's a public event. Um, and Daisy is clearly very uncomfortable. She's like, I don't know why this is necessary. And Mace has made up this whole undercover story for her. And um, Mac and Coulson are walking around looking like they're in the Secret Service. They're wearing suits and yes, like that's, that's sunglasses. My first note for the for this episode was that Mac looks really good in that like regular suit, but yeah. like in like a like a not fancy, uh, like well well tailored, but like not like fancy or anything. Regular plain old black suit. He looks freaking dynamite <laughs> like, yeah does he um I, ha I obviously haven't finished season six yet but he doesn't wear a suit in season six right he's not like colson like old school agent style with a suit i don't director. think so like like it doesn't feel like it's really ever what we see him in in that season like it feels Which like is very like, mac he's like, very like, like tactical gear or just like regular like black you know henley and like a like, like cargo pants or something yeah that's very Mac, though, very much like casual dude. So that makes sense. But huh, interesting. 
Um, I guess, you know, Coulson was brought up by traditional shield, which is more like the FBI, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> although <laughs> e- even Sam Jackson was like usually in like a leather duster and a turtleneck. That's true. That's <laughs> like, true. He went job. He went Steve Jobs style with his, <laughs> his director wardrobe. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Mac looks like a secret service agent and Coulson looks like a, a silly FBI guy, like, like typical Coulson. <laughs> and, um, the PR guy who I have finally realized is his name is Burroughs. Cause I was watching it with closed caption and his name came up in this episode quite a bit. Um, but he gets a, a suit or a, a briefcase handcuffed to his arm, his arm in the distance. And Coulson is like talking to Mac and kind of wondering when it's in it. He's like, Oh, it's, it's super obvious. The most obvious briefcase ever <laughs> like wonder what's in it. Um, and then he turns and he notices a roof that is empty where there's supposed to be an agent posted. And so they know something's up and Daisy sees like a flash of metal from the same roof as she's like being hugged by this woman who like just gave this speech about Daisy and she's like, everybody get down. She pulls the woman off to safety. And then Matt Mace, the the sniper shoots and Mace picks up the podium and uses it as a shield and it has a shield logo on the front. So he's using that as a shield, which is kind of funny. Um, And this bullet, this like explosive, I don't know what it is, but it's like a slow explosive melty bullet that like goes into the shield. And then he just like chucks the entire thing up in the air above the crowd. And everybody's like running around going crazy. And um, Mace wants to go help because the guy, the shooter's getting away. Cause so Daisy takes off and Burroughs is like, no, no, you're on the clock. You can't. And Oh no, I understand what he means by that. You're on the clock. Like his his magic serum is running out. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, uh, a time limit. That also, makes sense. I don't know where it's mentioned. You didn't have it in your notes. I'm not sure. I couldn't. I couldn't remember where. I think it's Fitz who talks about it later on. But they identify that bullet you talked about as the Judas bullet. This is my. There is no. Yes. There's no I comics think- connection, but it's a, a an MCU connection. Oh. Because the Judas bullet is something that is expanded on in other episodes of other shows and came from a bunch of movies when all, when all is told because the Judas bullet is made from recovered Shatari salvaged tech, but it's not oh, made shit. by Tony Stark. So that means it was salvaged by Adrian Toomes in before Spider-Man homecoming when damage control mm. took uh, the, the license and, and Tony Stark took the license from his group of salvage people. So the vulture is responsible for initially salvaging this and selling it. And he sold it to Justin Hammer, who is Sam Rockwell in Iron Man 2. And it was Hammer Industries created the Judas Bullet, which is used in this episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. and also in several episodes of both seasons of Netflix, Luke Cage. Oh, crazy. This is Jeff Loeb doing his job of making Mm -hmm. everything connected and making Mm -hmm. it literally like spider web into like a bunch of shows and movies like it's really cool that is cool. and it just bums me out when you think about the lack of connectivity that there is overall because yeah like Perlmutter was a jerk <laughs> well it's <laughs> nice that this is like a really i don't know i would not have caught that i now that you say luke cage i remember this from luke cage but I wouldn't have put two and two together. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's like a, an adaptive bullet that mm-hmm. like could basically, it will pierce anything and it 
will burrow through it if it like yeah. is like Luke Cage or like <laughs> a, a bunch of reinforced podium, I guess. I <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't understand why. Why is that thing nearly as strong as, as uh, Luke Cage? <laughs> like, because, if it's like it just should Because exploded. the shield logo is on it, Jared. <laughs> like shield logos being a shield. It <laughs> makes sense. It's made it's made of Luke Cage. <laughs> I, really, I really did like that touch though, that it went right into the logo. I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> very, it was very comic book like no, Cool. And also, it's like, oh, the watchdogs are burrowing into Shield. They're gonna, Ooh, mm, I like that. So much symbolism. <laughs> yeah. Um. I actually, Daisy, I think, is the one who mentions it later when they're interrogating the Russian oh, guy or about no. to, because she's like, oh, or no, maybe it's. I don't know who mentions it now because they talk about how like that's very, like high tech, for a watchdog. Like someone's maybe it's Mace that says something. I don't remember. Someone says something. <laughs> I didn't put it. I don't think I put it in the notes. Um, so so anyway, Burroughs, like I said, says he's on the clock and he can't go help. And so he has to go run and get away to safety. And Daisy runs after the shooter. Um, and she runs into this suspicious guy in the crowd that has like burn scars all over the side of his face. And it's very obvious because the camera just completely stops on him as Daisy runs off into the background of the shot. Um and uh, Talbot gives Coulson orders to take Mace to a safe house. And then uh, Daisy catches the shooter and all is well, seems like. Oh, and I paid attention to the logo this time. And it is a super robot LMD logo for this third of the show. <laughs> so they did. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. Uh, it, it looks like. It looks like it's like made of like an engine block or something. It has like a bunch of like wires and like cords sticking out of it. It's 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 glowing. Yeah, (laughs) it's very cool. Um, so Ada's head is on a lab bench at the playground and Simmons is not happy about it. She's like, what is this doing here? And the lab tech is like, oh, Dr. Fitz wanted it out. And she's like, well, I don't want it here. I don't want it on the lab bench. And so she like storms away. The lab tech like throws a, a like a rag over it, like <laughs> clearly also disgusted, like crazy fits. Why do you want this here? Um, and May is arguing with Talbot in the hallway, um, because he has taken control of the situation and he's just like not letting anybody do anything for shady reasons. And <laughs> mid conversation, he yells randomly, "Hey, you with the hair, get me a coffee." <laughs> and then he talks about how he needs Agent May to go to interrogate this guy. And she's like, no, we need to do this and this. And he's like, look, Agent May, with the possible exception of my mother, you're the single most intimidating woman I have ever met. We need answers. You can get uh, them. That was that was the next thing I wrote down in my notes because it's such a good line. And it's such great like confluence of how awesome May is and Talbot and his weird style. Like it's a little weirdly sexist that he has to like distinguish you know because yeah. uh, i'm pretty sure may and his mother are the most intimidating people he's ever right <laughs> yeah. like, he didn't like, have to specify a woman he could have just said person but uh, no it's uh <laughs> it's it's classic talbot and just like a great <laughs> great comedic moment <laughs> I, I feel like he says a lot of other things in this moment too that are just like super talbot but i only wrote down you with the hair get me a copy <laughs> <laughs> like, of course but I'm so happy to have him back. He's so entertaining. Um, meanwhile, uh, Fitz is packing up all his stuff at Radcliffe's house so that he can take it to Shield headquarters, who it, which is wherever it may be. And Radcliffe is like, 
I, he's talking to Fitz, I'm assuming, about the attack on Mace. And he's like, this is why we built Ada in the first place. You know, like, maybe I could, like, take a look at her and, like, see what's wrong. If Fitz is like, yeah, well, yeah, you made her to protect. But she also killed Nathanson. So they're not going to let you do that. <laughs> um, Fitz is, like, super empathetic. But he's just very practical. He's like, you need to lay low. Like, they shield is not happy with what happened at all um and radcliffe like is like oh yeah i know and he's totally like playing this part and he's so skeevy about it and like as soon as fitz leaves he like flips the switch and he's like oh god like my plan is falling apart i need to get there and dark ada comes out i'm just calling her dark ada because other ada is still alive kind of um she's wearing the darker suit and she's like um and and he's like oh I don't just like the way he talks to this Ada is much different from the way that he talked to the other Ada. It's like this Ada is in on this scheme. He's not trying to treat her like a human being. Like he legit treats her kind of like a, a a servant or an assistant. It's kind of sad. Um, and Radcliffe apparently is worried about the May LMD uh, being alone on the base. Like he feels like he needs to be there to keep an eye on her. Ooh, hopefully you can't hear that. Billy just started up a motorcycle in the garage is right below me. So oh, no, can't, can't hear it at all. Okay. Good. Um, so Daisy is interrogating this Russian sniper. Apparently he's Russian. And oh, I did put exploding bullets. They don't sell those Walmart yet, <laughs> which is, I, I, I feel like this is, I mean, obviously like um, mass shootings have been an issue for quite a long time in the U S at this point, but but yeah, I feel like this season just like they, you know, they talk about like, oh, you know, Hydro is Nazis. Uh, like there's mass shootings. Walmart is participating, like still selling like like uh, assault rifles and things like that. They just like throw out all those kind of things in this in the dialogue this season. They just like don't hold back. It's great. Um, so I liked that kind of that shade thrown at Walmart here. Um, and May walks into the interrogation room and May and Daisy go and whisper in the corner and may is like well they failed talking about like the russians plans and the sniper is like phase one only ever had a 13 percent chance of success and they did not fail so whatever they wanted to happen happened which is mace mac and colson and burrows on the quinjet i put mace mac mace and burrows great <laughs> colson not mace <laughs> Awesome. Oh my god. The two the two mazes. <laughs> Mac. So those four dudes are on the Quinjet, and that is apparently where the sniper wants them to be for phase one. Um, and they're kind of going down the line of like who could have done this. And apparently Senator Nadir has access to Mace's event schedule, so she could have known like where he was and where you know, you know, told someone where he was gonna be, but they're like, Well, but how would they know, you know? Like, why would they do this? You know, they just can't. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to contact HQ and they can't get a signal through. Burrow stands up and he has his phone with him and the briefcase. And he's like, yeah, like, blah, 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 like starts talking. And then the door blows off the plane and Burrow's just like gets sucked out of the plane. And Mace's face is just like, oh, shit. And then uh, I put on here one less annoying white guy to worry about, but th there's a reason why Mace is very like, oh no, I need this guy. Uh, one engine is blown out and they are going down. They crash in the woods somewhere in West Virginia. The only reason I know that is because the national park they land in is in West Virginia. <laughs> um, and uh, they know Colson and Mace and Mac know that this was not a coincidence. Like 
that, you know, the assassination attempt happened and now the Quinjet is going down. So Coulson pulls out his arm to check and see if they have reception <laughs> now. It says no signal, which that was really funny. It's like cell phone arm. <laughs> no, they're like eye they arm don't... with his ca- his eye cal in his in his arm. Like I feel like they do a weird mixture of not ever acknowledging that it's a prosthetic, actually like occasionally hinting at him dealing with it, like where he does show frustration and whatnot, where it feels like it's part of his life, but that he's also adapted to it. Like it's not like he's not lesser or whatnot because he has had to deal with it. It, it, I feel, I feel like they have this weird mixture of, of like completely ignoring it, dealing with it well. And then like this, like almost get smart style, like weird, very like surreal sci-fi spy application of it (laughs) where it's like, like, you know, it's got a built-in laser shield. It's got uh, cell phone reception. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it just feels like, it's not that far off from get smart using his phone shoe back in the day mm-hmm. before they had portable phones where it was like, yeah. that was the funniest, most brilliant idea in the world. So, yeah. It's so weird. Cause they do have a, like he does have a conversation about, I think it's with um, Rosalind about, Oh yeah. Like I, you know, I kind of like, I notice I know it's gone every day or I forget what the conversation was, but he talks about how it was traumatic and him and him and Mac talk about it. So it's not like they completely ignore that. Yeah. Aspect I, of I, it. I feel like they, they've paid more attention to it and done it respect more respectfully than a lot of shows. It hasn't been like something that they've really showed the ongoing struggle having to deal with it, but it's also an ensemble sci-fi, yeah. you know, monster show where people are stranded on other planets and yeah. trapped in alternate, you know, uh, you know, matrix dimensions and whatnot. Yeah. Like so they, they have so much shit going on. Like they, the fact that they've dealt actually dealt with it, I think is, is responsible and, and shows, uh, thought thoughtfulness that other shows in their same genre don't always show yeah that's true that is true i kind of would it would have been nice to have a scene of him like taking his arm off at night or something like that and just being like oh yeah here we are like yeah i feel i feel like just a a little bit more time paid to it would have like gone a long way but it also feels like it's a side effect of him having to share so much of the focus especially like what we've talked about it before like the first half of the series like is I think if as much as it's anyone's show, it's his and it's Daisy's, you know, like he's sharing that load. And then everything after that, I feel like is sort of making it more egalitarian where it's less about either of them, more about everyone. So it's just, he just has less of the focus. Like, I don't, I don't think it's meant to make light of it or meant to ignore it. Like, I feel like they just gotten to a point where I I think that maybe a little bit of the writing and a lot of the, probably the viewers have taken it for granted. Like, in for sure. most the most recent episodes, I, I would think, like it just doesn't, it hasn't had to come up in the in the final episodes, you know, where we have have. Yeah, you know around. what? Even when he's using his prosthesis as like you know with his shield tech, like with the shield or you know checking to see if he has service, like I still forget that it is a prosthesis because it's it's. I feel like they've used it quite a bit, like the watchdog attack in Miami, like he couldn't move his arm because. Like all the electricity went down and his hand was like stuck to the steering wheel. So it's like they they like acknowledge it quite a bit, but it's still it's not I don't think of it as a prosthesis as a viewer when I'm when I'm watching this season necessarily as when I like I really did in season three because I I think it's it's a combination of us being used to it and them not drawing attention to it except for when the story, you know, 
well, like you said, like with the EMPs, like when the story like necessitates it or when it makes sense. And mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, development. And, uh, you know, because we do at this point have spoilers for everything past, present and future, you know, it's not something I think that they have focused on as much as like, uh, you know, Yo-Yo's future yeah. uh, uh, amputations and prosthetics. Like, like they, they seem to be something that she has to really struggle with a lot more. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. That happens soon. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how fast that's approaching. Yeah, shit. That season is fucking crazy. I can't I can't wait to talk about it. It's going to be so weird. Um so Colson wants to get to high ground so he can get a signal on the satellite phone, on the sat phone. And Mace is like, "No, we need to go find Bros." And huh, wonder why. Uh now we know. Um Colson's like okay, you're the director. And he tries to give this like cool action hero line and put his sunglasses on, but they're broken. And he's like, oh, man, and he just like takes them off and throws them away. That was really funny. Because <laughs> um, he's still dressed in a suit too. So it's still, I don't know. It's funny. Um, So Radcliffe goes into his office and he opens the closet that May is in and she's like strapped to like a, a like emergency backboard that paramedics use to transport people who need their they're like spine stabilized and she's like up against the wall she's like tubes coming out of her she's super agitated um and apparently like they put her in a peaceful environment in the framework we don't i don't think he said that she's in the framework yet but we know that's where she is right um and he's mad um because that ada killed nathanson um because it almost exposed him and she's like well i was you know my programming was to protect you and i'm wondering if it was this Ada that killed Nathanson and the other Ada, or did he just download other Ada into this Ada? Well, because they even say that, that that this is a different Ada. But, but like, but he's I think talking to her episode. as if she's the one who killed Nathanson, but it was the other but, Ada, but right? It was the other Ada, and I think even in this episode, at some point, they have an exchange. I, I don't know. I think it's this scene. I can't remember now. But Ada and Radcliffe have an ex- have an exchange where he says that the other Ada was more developed than this one. That, that, well, well, oh, like, that's right. Yeah, that she'd actually become more advanced, but and that he was going to try to correct some of the mistakes that happened, like like with this new version of her with the darker uh, uh, dress. So it's weird that he's taking it out on her, even though he acknowledges that not only is she. Uh, a version of her, but she's a less sophisticated version who probably has less ability to break those original parameters and kill people like Nathanson. It's like he's planting the the idea in her head that she's capable of doing it mm. and then chastising her for something that she's never done. Like it's really kind of messed up when you think of it. Yeah. Like, well, I, like I was saying, the way he treats this Ada is much different than the way he was treating the other one. Like yeah. this one, he's treating this one definitely as less than, just like even the way he talks to her is like he's kind of a dick. Yeah. It, as less than as, yeah, absolutely. As less than as, as and and as less than the previous Ada, which mm-hmm. is like, but but he's also taking out his aggravation on the previous Ada, yeah, and, on the, yeah, and he's mad at her for being more advanced and and putting them at risk and whatnot, operating, you know, creating creating her own parameters and and rewriting her own parameters, and as a result, like it's just this extra like weird like. It's on multiple layers. The way he's treating the new version of her is so gross because he's holding her accountable for something that's not hers. It, he, he's mad at something that he's 
intentionally trying to prevent or like neuter, you know, like mm-hmm. her, her like development. And he, and he's just treating her like an object and less like a, a, a an individual, even though he's trying to give her sentience, which is just a screwed up dichotomy. Like, yeah, it's, it, it, we're, we're, we're watching over the course of this, like, Portion this is an of origin season. story. This is a yeah. villain origin story, and it's it beginning is. right here. <laughs> and, and it's rad. It's it's two villain villain origin stories, yeah. and it's like one of them is being very traditional Marvel style. I feel like like just like Doctor Doom or Magneto or whatever. Ada's not a bad person to start or a bad in- entity. Like she's being traumatized and manipulated and used and mistreated, and shit's happening to make her the way she's going to be. And Radcliffe is similarly having a villain origin story, but it's more like. I don't know, weird ego and apathy and fear. Like he's ne- he's never evil, but he's got all these bad qualities. <laughs> like- yeah. And he's like, he's just a dick. Like that's, I can't really put my finger on like what is turning him into a villain or what is making him a villain right here where he, he is just putting like his experiment and his need to know over everything else. And well- it's, including his friendships. <laughs> and I was thinking about it, you know, again, another like advanced spoiler. We know he's willing to try and do the right thing and help in the end. And in the process with that, when he does try to make those efforts to redeem himself and to fix everything, we find out that it is based on his ex-girlfriend, which makes, again, all of this super Ooh, yeah, gross. Like yeah, it's an extra ew. layer of grossness. And like, it, so he's now he's mistreating this woman that he made in the image of the love life who he who he's left and and like regrets that he left and like it's like it it makes his whole character arc like i feel like he he isn't really a villain like who he is he's not like pure evil he's just like totally misguided and gross and like he's just not a good person (laughs) it's, it's all from like very either like just like you said either satisfying some sort of curiosity which isn't a bad thing but like it it it's all he cares about he puts it above yeah. human the uh, you know the the value of human life and the value of, of other human beings and he treats everyone else in the end like objects like their means to an end if yeah. if he needs to like, i don't yeah. think he's not a callous evil person he's not lex Luthor. he's just like his own boredom he's baltar and his ego. <laughs> he, he's very baltar he's, he's a less ambitious baltar like, yeah. like that's pretty much it like he like that's a really, really good call. <laughs> like he, like, that's who he. That's exactly who he reminds me of. No, because he is. He's just like, he's hedonistic and kind of and curious and smart and brilliant and everything. But he's also like very selfish and egotistical. Yeah. Like, and, and when but, the right thing is convenient for what furthers his purpose. Oh like, yeah, then he's, he'll do the right thing. But super, and he's a super yeah. opportunist. Like, like, yeah. like. I feel like that's a really, really apt comparison. Like he is. He's just like Balti's <laughs> diet Baltar. He's Balti's Baltar light. <laughs> Oh my god, he's Scottish Baltar, Scottish Baltar light. I guess, um, well, aren't they both Scottish? Is James Callis Scottish? He might be. He might not be. He might be. He might uh, not just British, but he might, he might be British. So I was like, <laughs> might just be British. I don't know what that's from. Like, I feel like the Scots would take offense to <laughs> to that. Let's find out. I'm gonna look it da, up. Da, da, da. Early life. Oh, he's English. He's, yep. Yeah, brought in, brought up in London. Interesting. You got that right. Oh man, I need, it reminded me I need to catch up on the Netflix animated uh, Castlevania. He voices Alucard? What? <laughs> oh my God. Alrighty, so um, back to this weird conversation that Radcliffe is having with, new, with Dark Ada. 
dark dress Ada. Yeah. So he's like upset that she killed Nathan, that eight other Ada killed Nathanson because it almost exposed him. And, and this Ada is trying to defend the other Ada. Like, well, you know, that was her programming. You programmed her to us to, or me to <laughs> protect you at all costs. And he's like, yeah, but like you, you know, that almost ruined everything that almost like didn't, you know, that almost exposed me. Um, and so, and then we also learn that LMD May's mission is to retrieve the dark hold and all of her programming is subconscious. So she's essentially a sleeper agent and Radcliffe is like, yeah, we need to get this done. Like, you know, the other plan, like that was an option and we tried it and it didn't work. And there was so much violence. Like we needed, a, this is the, the less violent option. And so he's like very violence averse. And then Ada points out, he's like, you know, the real May is prone to violence. So uh, <laughs> your less violent plan is not ideal. Well, um, and I, I also, is this the scene? Am I, am I correct that he says that, that uh, the May unit is more advanced because she doesn't know she's yes. a robot? Well, she's more, um, she is more human because she doesn't know she is a robot. But the fact that Ada knows that she is a robot and she has programming makes her less believably human. That makes Something sense. Something like that. It, it, um, the whole, that whole conversation, like everything about it, it's very interesting. Also, I'd like to point out that you'd said originally you were going to call her dark Ada because of her dark outfit, but also she's, she, she's intertwined at this point with the dark hole. So that's oh. a, an extra, extra good dark reason Ada. to call her dark Ada. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so May, Daisy, LMD May, Daisy and Simmons are trying to find the Quinjet because it crashed and they lost communications with it. Talbot is in the director's office and, um, you know, Talbot and May start arguing again and May's like, look, like Coulson would want me to take over, take over the Zephyr, take control of the Zephyr and like try to go find them. And Talbot's like, OK, I'm giving May clearance to take the Zephyr. And then Simmons is like, you know, I am the highest ranking agent here since the director is not here. Like I could do that and I could like look through Mace's files and find out who's like maybe someone's trying to assassinate him from his past. And Talbot is like having a pissing match with her. He's like, yeah, I wrote those protocols. <laughs> like, why do you think you have that power and blah, blah, blah. And then he's like not letting her, he's not going to let her access Mace's files because he's like, no, I'll handle it. And he says, I'm going to squeeze the prisoner like a lime wedge on dollar beer night. <laughs> and then his phone rings and it's playing hail to the chief, which is the da, 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 And it's the president calling him. Like he is so... He's such a so extra. <laughs> like, <laughs> gonna squeeze the prisoner like a lime wedge on dollar beer night. Also, I think in like the previous scene, he has that line of like, you're gonna be so far up his ass, you're gonna need a snorkel or something like that. <laughs> he says that again. <laughs> I remember that from like the season two, I think. Like, when oh, there's one thing I forgot, uh, but I haven't, but I have my notes, so I forgot to add in the general notes. I couldn't remember where it fit in exactly because it's before that they they cut to may but when i think it's the first time we see the new uh the dark ada with uh Radcliffe this episode uh she mentions they're talking about everything and and she mentions that the real may is in a better place yeah which is which you know like before they cut to it and confirm everything and reconfirm that she's not dead that she's still yeah. in captivity or whatever uh you know it's vague and ominous but in retrospect it's like that's what that that's what they are trying to do with the framework. Like mm -hmm. it's literally supposed to be a better reality. So it's, it's a nice, like weird hint at it. 
it's, you know, they're trying to create it also for kind of an after death situation so you can keep someone's consciousness. And so like to say, but you know, people always say like, oh, they're in a better place. Like when someone dies, especially if they've been suffering. Right. I think it works on like every level. Yeah, and so they're kind of they're kind of alluding to it as if like it's an afterlife thing. Like it's very that was a very good line. Well, and it's yeah. supposed to placate. It's supposed to placate each person individually too. Like, but like it's it, it worked on like three levels. I think. Yeah, like, like, it's it's very very well placed, uh, and it's something that like they, the, Mallory Mallory Jensen does a good job in this. Like like the, oh yeah, like, she does a really good job of like slowly gaining emotion and humanity. Uh, yes. Ada. Yes. And she delivers the robotic thing like perfectly. I think. Yeah. Like real good. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know what it is. It's like the way her eyes fix. Like, she, you know, like when humans are reading things or like looking at things, like your eyes are constantly moving. And like you, they don't stay fixed on something. She uses her eye movement very well. <laughs> like, I feel like no, I think, it's I a think weird right. thing to say, but. Um, no, it, 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 because I think that's the thing that, like, you know, in uh that I, I know that uh it's, it's it's a weird aside but i think it is sort of related to it but i know that i've uh read about and seen in a few uh fictitious things that include uh taxidermy you know that's the thing that's supposed to be like the hardest part of taxidermy is getting the eyes right mm-hmm. and like one of the innovations in in taxidermy was figuring out that behind like the glass marbles or whatever that they would use and the, the colored marbles would be putting a, a little little mirror behind it so it, would, it mm-hmm. would reflect light so it would have some glint of of light and it would, it would just get, add a little more depth to it. I feel like very similarly, like it's like it is difficult to capture that robotic attitude and that that still doll like uh, lack of eye movement definitely adds to the surrealness and makes somebody feel less organic, less real mm-hmm. and living. Yeah. It's definitely very, it's very well done. And that takes a lot of like awareness and control. <laughs> like that's so, uh, where are we at? Oh, Talbot's going to squeeze the prisoner like a lime punch. That's right. Um, so, uh, Mace, Mac, and Colson are off in the woods looking for burrows. And Colson rightly suspects that they are looking for the briefcase. And then Mac hears an engine and it's a tank and it's the watchdogs that are coming to find them. Um, and Colson wants to grab the tank uh, <laughs> because there's, he is, I think, I can't remember if they say this and I didn't write it down because it's not really important. It's just like a plot thing. But uh, I think Colson suspects that they are using some kind of jamming device to like cut down their communications. And he's like, oh, we need to get to that tank because it's probably on there. And Mace is like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> and so they're like, okay. Um, and Fitz comes back from Radcliffe's house and comes up to Simmons and she's, he's like, oh, is everything okay? And she's like, oh, you know, like we can't get, we can't get a, a hold of them. And Fitz is like, oh, and Talbot is helping. <laughs> like, great. Um, and Fitz is, the, he ups, updates her on Radcliffe and he's like, oh, I hope he lays low for a while, which, <laughs> good luck. Um, <laughs> and he still, so she brings up that the Ada head is like on the the lab bench and he still doesn't understand like why Simmons is upset about the Ada thing. He's like, yeah, but like she's gone now and like, well, you know, we're going to, we're going to figure it out. And it's it's just, it it rehashed that like argument from a couple episodes ago. And Gemma's just like, just let it go. Like, 
stop trying to figure it out. Like it's, we're, I'm just upset. It's fine. <laughs> like we'll, you know, we're never, you're, we're never going to come to an understanding here. And Fitz talks about how, you know, he, he, you know, the whole reason he got involved in this is that he just wanted to protect everybody. And, and he specifically says, protect her. Um, he, I, he kind of throws everybody else under the bus. He's like, yeah, 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 they're fine, but I'm here to protect you, which we know that, but I think this is one of the few times he's come out specifically and been like, no, Gemma comes first. <laughs> like, um, back at Radcliffe's house, the real May wakes up and she freaks out. She pulls the nasogastric tube out of her nose, which is so gross. Ugh. And then Ada shows up and grabs her and starts it pins her against the wall and starts choking her. And Radcliffe was like, no, don't kill her. <laughs> and then Radcliffe like is trying to talk to May and he like starts to come close to her, to her and uh, May kicks him in the face before he can get over there. And he's like, Ada, grab, grab the, you know, we need to sedate her. Um, so Ada lets go and May starts coming for Radcliffe and Ada comes and stabs May with a syringe of some type of drug that will sedate her and she goes out. And Radcliffe, this is another moment where Radcliffe is like super snarky with Ada and he's just like, oh, blah, blah. And again, she's he's not treating her like a human. And she I can't remember exactly what he says, but she looks shocked when he says it. Um, like she's like really taken aback, like that he's talking to her like this, and it's like, oh no, be nice to the robots. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> Have you never seen a movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mac would be outraged. I know, and Elena. Um, so fake May is sitting on the Zephyr, and she's sitting in Lola, and Daisy comes in to update her, and he's like, "Did Coulson? Does Coulson ever let you drive it?" And she May is really quiet, and he, she starts to tell Daisy about how when her and Coulson like were working together a long time ago, and how Coulson let her drive Lola once, and he's like, and he made me swear not to tell anyone. And then Daisy's like, "Are you guys? Are you okay?" Um, and May's like, "You know, something's off. I can feel it." And Daisy's like, "Off, like in general, or off between?" And May's like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, well, did something happen when I was gone? Like, wink, wink, like, mom and dad, did you hook up? <laughs> and then they get interrupted. Um, and I, what's his name? Interrupts them too. Uh, uh, what's his name's husband? What's her name's husband? Jay Ying's husband. Um, oh my God, what is his name? The agent. Oh gosh, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Fuck. Piper's partner. Yeah. Why can't I think of his name? I can't all, either. All that's popping up in my, my head is Nathanson and Rose, which are <laughs> dead guy and the, the other dead guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It's 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 him. I'm sure one of us will think of it before the end of this recording. Um, Davis. Sure, there we go. Yes. <laughs> also, I need to find out what Piper and Scoot is because when I tried to figure out uh, who it was by Googling real quick, I tried to autocomplete my search to Piper and Scoot. Who's <laughs> Scoot? I don't think that's anything to do with shield. I just have no idea. <laughs> Piper and Scoot. Huh. Women's clothing. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Don't know anything about that. Um, Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I should, but I don't know a brand called Piper and Scoot. Dude, Billy is being so loud. I'm sorry if I'm distracted. He's like banging on something in the garage right now. Why is he even home? Like, he's home <laughs> so early. Um, it, well, it, it's not picking up at all. <laughs> okay, good. It's like... <laughs> Sounds like he's like in the next room. That's a lot. That's okay. Talking. I I I think 
I don't know if it'll be picked up on the mic, and if it, if it is, I'll probably edit it out. But yeah. the uh, the prop lightsaber that my uh, my brother got me when he got one for everyone in his family <laughs> at Thanksgiving at Galaxy's Edge, I'm pretty sure either I turned it on by accident or just something weird's going on, like like it's running out of batteries or something. But every once in a while, like every like six hours or something this like this weird sound effect has been happening i think i just figured it out <laughs> earlier really today crazy. where it's like, wom, wom, wom. <laughs> and I'm like oh, all right all right uh, my lightsaber's turning thing. on and off or whatever it's like a lightsaber that can't quite start up it's like a <laughs> not quite turning over the engine <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> wom, wom, wom. <laughs> oh that's funny um so it looks like somebody may have jacked the transponder signal, which is what we knew. And the watchdogs have found Burroughs and the briefcase. And they're like, great. Um, and apparently Mace is the only one can, that can open oh, yeah. up this case because it's biomet- biometrically locked. What are you saying? Oh, so that Burroughs is dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Burroughs is dead for sure. He's like, and then they cut his arm off to like it get the briefcase. gruesome. It is. Yeah. Some, like, they don't show it, but you know it's happening. Like, they pull out a hacksaw. It's like, yeah. Cut off that it's one of those off. where it's one of those where they like cut it or like you know cut to another part of the scene like right before the the hacksaw or the whatever he uses the machete comes down it's like they don't show it but you know what's happening oh it's um, messed up yeah super messed up i mean he's dead but still it's like desecrating a corpse um meanwhile talbot is interrogating the russian and he's not doing a great job and he asks how they knew that the director was going to get on the quinjet and the russian says probability and he gets frustrated and leaves. And then Talbot's like, I miss the Cold War. Man could work one w- without one arm tied behind his back. You could get away with anything. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, like I miss the good old days when everybody was racist and there were no rules. <laughs> I'm like, great. Yeah, like, get away with murdering someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And Simmons is like, you know, if you would just let me like pull up Mason's file, like I could pr- probably find some information out. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'll handle it. And then Simmons does pull up his file and she sees project patriot pop up on his file and talbot's hiding something and simmons is like you have you better tell me or i'm going to read this file out loud and talbot's like everybody clear the room i'll tell you (laughs) he's so intimidated by simmons it's funny it's it's funny how he's very intimidated by like all the women in shield it's it's true Like, (laughs) like i don't think he's intimidated by any of the men which to be fair like other than mac i can I I can see it like the only like yeah. like Coulson's very successful at what he does but like as far as like he's not gonna hurt him physically and like politically yeah. Talbot's at the, at the point when we meet him in the show he he's he's outclassed Phil like as far as with, yeah. like political clout and like people who he has favor with and 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 power over so it, it, I feel like it's it makes sense that he wouldn't be intimidated by Fitz because of his personality and whatnot. Yeah. Like it, but, but that kind of probably shakes just out you with him. Yeah. I feel like they just don't have, they, they don't interact enough for him yeah. to be intimidated by Mac. And I feel like it, because of the way it has shaken out, I would hope they give it enough thought into thinking that like, if they, sh- if, if they happened to go out of their way to show him interacting with Mac and had him like trembling in his boots, it would just, feel really racist <laughs> yes yes oh that's so true <laughs> pretty racist <laughs> like, yeah. like we don't need that. yeah we, like, we don't need any more of that no, he's, that guy, he's, that guy is but, problematic enough <laughs> yeah he's super misogynist super racist already and he wants the good old days where you could just you know torture people without 
any oversight. Great. Um, so uh, Colson and Colson and Mac take out, take down a bunch of the dogs. That's what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I think I probably wrote watchdogs and it auto corrected to dogs, <laughs> but that's really funny. A bunch Maybe of the dogs. <laughs> so they they take down a bunch of the watchdogs while Mace goes like while everybody's distracted. Mace goes to grab the case and he starts to run away. And Mac and Colson are like, "Where is he going?" Um. And Mace runs, he drops down to the ground and he opens up the case and it's filled with this bottles and these syringes, which are now they're, broken. They're like, <laughs> so they're like pneumatic syringes, right? Like, yeah. Okay. So a, um, uh, a watchdog like comes after him and he like starts shooting at him and he shoots one of the bottles. And so both bottles are broken and then he gets shot in the ass or uh, he gets shot in the leg, but it looks like he gets shot in the ass. And he's like crawling and shouting. <laughs> and he's not Pretty able comedic. to get down and Mac, Mac and Colson show up and save him. But they're just like, dude, what's going on? But Colson's like, Colson knows. And Mace just looks really like, Oh no, they caught me. But he's also like in a lot of pain. He just looks really sad and dejected, sad puppy. Um, and we find out that this was all Talbot's idea. Um, they just told Mace to take this, whatever this is, and he took it. And Talbot talks about how they needed an inhuman to lead Shield um, that was a patriot and a you know and well liked, and no candidate fit that criteria. So we made one, which is well, great. Well, and he even <laughs> mentions like a little bit later that like he would have used he like, he would have used Daisy, but she went yes. AWOL. Like yes. he's like 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 I had no options, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, which, to be fair, it's sort of true. Like you'd imagine, yeah, th- that there, uh, you know, that there one, uh, you know, uh, gay Latino well, he, uh, fire. Yeah, he's disappeared. Human, <laughs> like, I would I would just imagine that he would he would quit after last season. You know, Lincoln's oh, yeah. dead. Everything like Daisy's on the run. Like I'd like, be like, yeah. hey, you know what? I'm not that trained, and I quit. <laughs> and Yo-Yo's not American. She's right. Like, Colum- you know, uh, Colombian national. So, I mean, I guess you could. I, I, Shield is technically a U.S. organization, but whatever. <laughs> I guess they don't want. It's like the. It's like Congress or the presidency. You can't. <laughs> you have to have been a citizen or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, but I, yeah, I, I feel like so, you should be able to be an immigrant to be and be Captain America. But I don't even think she right? is. Like, I think I, I don't think she is a citizen. <laughs> no, not at all. I think so, she's totally like uh, nope. Yeah, well, I can see. I I don't feel like it's super racist to not consider her being that she is a foreign national. I'd like to not yeah. consider her as as the Captain America replacement. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and we were talking about this off pod, like before we recorded, about how. This ultimately is all Lincoln's fault because he had to be a uh, inhuman Jesus and get himself killed and he made Daisy super sad and so we could have had Daisy as head of shield but instead we got Mace because Daisy ran off being sad about Lincoln. So ultimately all of this is Lincoln's fault. Yep. I stand by that. <laughs> Mace could have still had a bunch of crazy crap happen to him, but like not have it had nearly as much like long reaching, horrible effect for a bunch of people. Yeah. It yep. would have been like asked by the president and Talbot to be some sort of weird superpowered Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> oh my God. Jesus. Um, so we find out that this formula that Mace is taking is like a t- it's a take on um uh the Mr. Hyde formula. 
Daisy's dad's formula, and he's and Gemma's like, "What?" And yeah, he's like, no, "No, we just took out all the we just took out all the bad stuff. It's fine." She's like, "Okay." No, she's like, "Really?" And he's like, "Most, most of bad stuff." And then Fitz yeah. says, "So you're just mostly idiots." <laughs> <laughs> so good <laughs> no it really it really is good. So good meanwhile in the forest mace is like you know oh i feel really bad about this and colson's like oh you know whatever and well i'm really upset that you guys don't have protection and mac looks at him like you think we need protection <laughs> like, yeah, he's like wait 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 what you were gonna protect us and he's yeah like, and Coulson's okay, face fair. is like, <laughs> Coulson just has this incredulous look on his face as if they haven't been handling themselves without powered individuals for how long? Like, but, they're but Mace fine. like thinks about it and he's like, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm, I was way off base. <laughs> I know. Um, and th- so Coulson is like, we need to find a first aid kit. There's probably one in that ranger station right there. And then a tank, another tank from the dogs pulls up and they run into the, fir- into the ranger station and, and bunk up in there. Um, and Simmons is like, okay, this is a disaster. So our team is out there somewhere crashed, maybe even dead. And if they're not dead, they don't even know that their supposed enhanced asset is a charlatan. So they think this guy can protect them and he can't. So this is great. Um, oh, and then what I forgot to mention in the conversation with Talbot is that uh, Mace was due for another injection, and so that's why Burroughs was always really close by with this briefcase, so that well, and, he, he would take it at timed intervals. No, and, oh, no, and this and is also, a conversation later. Whatever. Well, and, when also though, he doesn't he say because uh, I don't uh, we, we we didn't mention it, and I think it it happened like just now, right? Uh, or no, it's about to happen. Uh, the 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 story, the real story of Vienna. Yeah, yeah, the, it'll happen towards the end. Yeah, so oh. yeah. I'll when when I bring that up, you can bring up your point. <laughs> Put a pin in that. Um, so Simmons is like, we really need the Russian guy to talk. And Simmons is like, I have an idea. So they walk in, Talbot and Simmons walk in and they're playing bad cop, good cop. And the guy's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And Talbot's like, no, 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 you should be scared. She's she's like, oh, I learned all these things at Hydra when I was undercover. And they basically, t- she, Simmons is carrying like a cooler and they pretend that Ada's head is like a former interrogation victim of Simmons and that she chopped her head off. (laughs) The dude gets freaked out and spills everything. So they find out that they're in West Virginia and they weren't searching anywhere close to that area. And May is really pissed about it. (laughs) And then um, at the, in West Virginia, in the ranger station, uh mac asks colson what their plan is not mace he's like okay sir what are we up to what are we doing and mace is not even a part of this discussion um colson wants mace to pretend like he still has powers and put on the patriot suit and he's like just go out there they don't know you don't have powers um and so that's what he does like everybody's outside watchdogs are outside and and mace is kind of talking around the corner and he puts the briefcase with his arm out like hey here you go this is what you want right like he's waving it in the doorway and he pretends like what nadir wants is in the briefcase and he says this line um that he's ready to go toe to toe all day which is very captain america-esque Reminds oh, me of that I could do this all day. Oh, no, <laughs> like, I feel it was, like it, it was, was meant to. <laughs> absolutely. Like that was them being like, for everybody who knows that Jeff Mace, Patriot, but in the comics was the third Captain America with the second yeah. guy to fill in for Captain America. Like that's. Yep. That's. They're, yep. They're, they're, they're but he doesn't really... even get the line right. That's what's funny. It's like he. But to be fair, oh. <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't done it yet. You know? Like, no, like, it's like, true. He's like, he's preemptive. He's threatening. 
Yeah, I think <laughs> it's funny yeah. that this is supposed to like remind you of the Captain America line. But it's not quite it's supposed it. to be a Captain America in the comics, but he doesn't even do the line correctly. Like he just can't get anything right about being no, Cap. He's, <laughs> like, he's he's budget brand Captain America. <laughs> it's really funny. Um. Anyway, so they don't want to talk. Like Mace runs back in, and then Matt goes out behind everybody and starts t- stealing grenades and choking people. Um, and then Mac throws a grenade and one of the trucks blows up that apparently was like blocking out their transponder signal. And as they start shooting, Coulson comes out with his shield and protects Mace right in time. And then they start, oh, everybody starts shooting at each other and they go yeah, back and, in the cabin. And I couldn't help but think all these bad guys are in like bulletproof vests and tactical gear and like full, like, like they have like knee pads and elbow yeah. pads and helmets and shit. Coulson has his magic, you know shield arm with the with the holographic you know yeah. uh, photon the uh, actual sh- hologram shield and mace is in armor and mac is running around with an automatic weapon and just his his dress shirt <laughs> like his rolled up sleeves he's completely exposed and is like taking down like half a dozen like fully armed dudes on his own good so, lord i love mac mac, mac is a superhero all on his um so uh so since mac brought down the truck they just have to stay alive they just have to wait this out and so they just have to sit there and shoot at them so mac i he didn't he didn't never went back inside the um the ranger station he goes into a shed and he finds a hatchet he's like well it's not an axe (laughs) it's just a, a smaller axe um and um we find out because colson's like sets up a table and they're running low on ammunition and and he's like, how's your aim to Mace? And Mace is like, well, I went through basic training for this role, but uh, my aim's not great. Like, Mace is not even combat trained. Like, he's not even a real shield agent. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, they fully relied on his, quote, super strength to get out of any of these situations or that somebody was going to be there to protect him. Like, no one ever accounted that a situation like this could happen or it could go south. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Um. Yeah. No, they had no contingency plans. Or no, like. like, dude. So they're shooting, and then we, they, this rumbling happens. What's that? And of course, it's Daisy. She comes and saves the day and busts the door down. Um, and then Mac is like battling with the dude that has the scars all over his face that we all over his face that we saw in like the opening scenes. And this dude is like badass. Like they're having a real fight, and. Mac is like get almost gets taken down, but May comes in and saves his ass. And then Mac takes a shovel. Oh, May, no, May takes a shovel and they just like beat the shit out of this guy. But the guy slams May on a table saw. And um, she's kind of like, oh, ow. And, and Mac is like, oh, are you okay? She's like, no, I'm fine. And they walk away and we we pan to the table saw. And the table saw is bent <laughs> because she's not real May. She's an LMD with apparently like a titanium body. Um and uh, back at Radcliffe's, Radcliffe realizes that May needs conflict and chaos in her simulation because a day spa is stressful to her. Like she thrives off of chaos and conflict. And so that's where she needs to be to be relaxed. <laughs> so he changes her her framework sim- simulation to relax her. Uh, meanwhile, at the playground, Fitz is, you know, wherever he it looks like the morgue to be honest but i think it's just like a storage area where they put shit but he's like leaning up against he, it looks like he's leaning up against his locker like doing something shady and he has plugged ada's head in to his phone and is talking to her in the morgue or whatever this is and he's like 
I'll help you. Don't worry. We'll figure this out. And she's like, thanks, Fitz. And then he like unplug, like down or uploads her whatever into his phone and then unplugs it. And as Simmons is walking in and he like closes the door and he's like, oh yeah, just putting Ada's head away for good. And he's being so deceitful and he's like really good at it. And I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) So sad. Um, so Colson and Talbot are in um, the director's office with Mace and Colson and Talbot are fighting and it's so funny. Colson is just like, what were you thinking? Uh, Colson obviously didn't say that, but it's like, what were you thinking? Like, this is a really bad plan. And Talbot's like, well, what was I supposed to do? And blah, blah, blah. And then Mace is like, it's okay. Can we have the room? <laughs> um, and so Talbot gets ready to leave. And he's like, really? You're taking his side? And he's like, all right, whatever. And he just like storms out. Um, and as he's leaving, he's like, you'd think a damn spy would understand the need to keep a secret, which Cole's, we'll come back to that in a second. But um, Mace so it, has- <laughs> I, 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 I thought that was a pretty good line and a pretty yeah. good point, actually. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because Colson takes that to heart, obviously, in the decision that he makes at the end of this conversation. Um, so Mace fesses up to what really happened to me and I. He's like, you know... It, it was so chaotic and blah, blah, blah. And I was trying to, you know, we were all trying to get away and I tripped. And someone was there and took a photo. That's it. That's what happened. Um, and, you know, Colson's like, why didn't you deflect? And he's like, I tried. Everybody thought I was just being modest. And it just no, kind of got like, out of hand. It feels, it feels like something that is so fucking plausible in our yes. like, in our government. Like, yes, especially just- with, like, social media and stuff like that, too. Like, if someone just posted this photograph, like, on, you know, whatever news site, because that just happens. Oh yeah, if, like if, so, if it shit. looked, if a photo and, and an experience looked like someone saved like a a falling chandelier from like hitting Obama, like like yeah, they would be like, they would be a fucking hero. Like it would not, you would not be able to convince people that is it what happened if that's if that's what a bunch of photos look like. Like yeah, like and uh, like just the nature of that. If 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 you if you had apparently corroborating evidence and you said like oh no no it was nothing i was i was was trying to run away or whatever they would they just think you were being modest like it's so immediately i think a believable human experience like and it it makes him like he is like we talked about it from the beginning he's not a bad dude he's just misguided and like too willing to to follow orders without question yeah like like and it's like he's flawed but he's not a bad guy and it sucks because, like, in this whole conversation, he's just like you can tell he's just like I really was trying. And the the other line that he says, he's like, I thought I could be the face to end inhuman prejudice, which that is a whole problematic statement in itself because he is not inhuman and they are like an oppressed people. But also, like, you see that his intention behind being a charlatan, yeah, <laughs> like uh, it's, is it Omara? Is it or, or, or Mara? Is that his last name? Yeah, Jesus Mara. Christ, Mara. Yeah, he, he, like it's really good, like subtle. I think emotional acting right there, like mm-hmm. because the look on his face after that, like like there's a line, there's that line which is super super a problematic thought, like more <laughs> than anything. But uh, there's a line like within a couple sentences after that where he's like, "I believe like inhumans deserve to be treated the same as everyone else," and like that, mm-hmm. like you you like. He says that with such conviction. It's like yeah. he really did. It, it, it a wasn't his idea, and b mm-hmm. like he really does believe this. Like he wants to help, and yeah. like he thought he could help. Like 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 someone told a well-meaning, stupid white man who's a shitty ally but a well-intentioned one that yeah. they could be Martin Luther King <laughs> for superhumans. And they rolled, with, and he rolled with it. Yeah, and he's like, it's the I only could? way he can help. Like, like I can. Oh shit! I guess I can. Like, it's mm-hmm. like it, it sucks because like 
it's a pro like i feel like a little bit of me giving him a pass is me like thinking he's not as smart as he should be you know like like like, like if he was a little bit smarter and a little bit more cynical maybe like yeah like he'd i feel be like, like Ooh, wait i feel like <laughs> this maybe he i could see like him feeling guilt over becoming famous this famous hero and like wanting to do something to live, yes. live up to that and be a hero. <laughs> I think that's the subtext. I think there's a little bit of that subtext where it's like, I was a fake hero and now I can be a fake hero, but actually help people. Yeah. Like, like, like I can turn that into something. Yeah. And like there, there, there's, the, there's something very noble in that. It's fucked up. It's problematic as hell. Yeah. But he, but he is, he is genuinely trying. It's like they say, I, know. I, I think, the old cliche, like the chestnut, like it's thought that counts or whatever, or intentions are all that matters. Like that's not true, but it's not mm -hmm. not true. It's, it's the all that matters or it's the all that counts that's yeah. wrong. I think that they're I important, think, but they're not the end all be all. It's a, yeah. It's just, just a percentage of it. <laughs> I think for sure, like um, if this would have really happened like in our day and age or whatever, I everybody I would have fucking hated this guy. I oh like, no, oh, absolutely! But because like we are seeing, we are getting an insight. You know, it's it's fiction first of all, and we're getting insight into like an actual human being that's like thinking and feeling. And so we have like this, like emotional connection to Mace now, where we're like, yeah, I would have wanted to do the right thing too. You know, like and someone like <laughs> it was. I think it's something like what is Terry he supposed Cruz, to do? You know, you know like it, it's something like like what just happened with Terry Crews oh, and him God, not yeah. showing support to Gabriel Union until the end, like until he'd already put his foot in his mouth like repeatedly for yeah. a week, <laughs> and then saying like, oh wait, I learned my lesson. And it's like, I, and I I totally respect everyone who's like bullshit. You didn't learn your lesson. It's like he also may have, but it also doesn't really mean as much anymore. Mm -hmm, and it's like, yeah. but if we could, if if you we spent all day every day inside that guy's head, I might feel differently. I might believe, yeah, the, the less cynical thing because I because they're able to show this subtext and show because it is fiction and show his inner thoughts, you know, just to some degree. Yeah. Like we we can we can empathize with him a lot more. You're absolutely right. If he was a real person, you have to be, I think, not even like overly cynical, but just the little not giving somebody more of the benefit of the doubt than anyone deserves. Yeah, well, <laughs> also the fact that he's like a privileged white dude yeah. that isn't even a part of this oppressed group. <laughs> like there's oh. so many like <laughs> Oh no, so yeah. The red flags are like all yeah. over the place. <laughs> like like like, like I could he's be the new civil rights leader. <laughs> like, oh God damn it! Like, like he's it, it's it it would be like being like I'm going to be a civil rights leader. All I got to do is put on a black face. Like, like it's not uh, going to be a problem, right? Right? God. It can't be a problem. But, 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 but like, it's just it doesn't have the context or the language for that. Like, like it, it's not a one to one comparison because, like, you, you mean human metaphor is something that people can can hide. You know, like, like mm -hmm. it's it's not. Not the exact same situation, but there isn't any way to look at it if it's not messed up. And it's like they do, like always. I think Mo and Jed do a really great job of crafting a character that is very flawed, but is not like cut and dry, black and white, good or bad. Like even freaking Talbot isn't <laughs> a, isn't evil, you know. And he's not like he's not pure bad. Like he has an earnest intention. I think in like they 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 make him a full-on supervillain in the end and, he's, and we still like kind of get where he's coming from yeah like, like and that is the marvel formula but but like i don't know the movies haven't done a great job necessarily of that like no. like a couple of them have killmonger yeah i can't and think vulture. of 
kind yeah. of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. To, 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 to a lesser extent, I think for sure. Mm-hmm. But like in Loki, we like, but like everybody else. Yeah, but I think Loki, people (laughs) like Loki because of Ragnarok. (laughs) Like that, I think that saved. Well, and people liked him before, but not because, not in the same way. No, it was because of like other, other vibe. I'm just thinking of like all the Iron Man villains. It's like, they didn't have any of that Marvel, that Marvel consistency, that, that, that style of these villains that could have been a hero. Yeah, I, I feel like they tried to do that with Thanos, with like him and um, Gamora and like making this like father daughter relationship. And they just like failed at that. Like they just did not do a good job at all with I trying think to. That, that one really is hard for me too. Cause like, I, I, because the argument is false, even. Like, like, like the thing that's supposed to make us sympathetic with him is false in reality. It's like, yeah, it, the actual reality of our planet. It, 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 you, you can assume that the same bullshit that people say on, on Earth it's not true is probably what he's buying into. Because like, it, there, we actually don't have too many people on the planet to to live. We have way more yeah. resources than we need. We just are gluttons and and live stupidly and selfishly. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. Like, well, I an was, awful system. Like, like, yeah. I was talking about more like how they played up his relationship with Gamora. Oh, no, absolutely. To make it, like, I mean, the whole like, you know, got to say, you know, do the greater good thing is like, I feel like that's always, that's a, that's a trope. Not, I don't even think, yeah, it's kind of a Marvel trope. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's just a trope in general, but I feel like him, like, I, I really feel like there was something there with that relationship. Like, it could have been a huge commentary on abusive relationships between abusive parents and their kids and that, like, really complicated relationship that happens between an abuser and a victim and how, like, oh, hey, like, he could have actually thought that he loved her and it was super twisted. But instead, it was, like, try, like it tried to make him into this, like, sim- they tried to make him into this, like, sympathetic yeah villain and it was like they totally missed the mark there because of it wasn't a full like someone who someone tried to write that that had no concept of of the complexity of an abusive relationship (laughs) and it's just like oh let's just throw in some for the greater good and then like a father-daughter relationship and he's suddenly sympathetic you know no i completely agree i I was just i was thinking like every angle that they went at to try to make him sympathetic i felt like fell flat for me whether it was Oh, you know, he he really just wants to help the world or whatever. It's like, well, yeah. it's bullshit logic. Even if it were a real thing, it's mm-hmm. it's a fucked up way to look at it. Uh, it's the worst case scenario and not trying to do better. Like it's like accepting it, it, the hero in any sort of like like fantasy story or whatever uh, is going to fight against the thing they're told they can't do and they're mm-hmm. going to find a new way and that's what makes it amazing and, mm-hmm. and heroic and, and interesting and even if it is like an anti-hero but it should still be the thing it shouldn't be like well these are my shitty options guess i'm gonna go with the best sh- really shitty option <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that, that's not an interesting story that's no, just not at all. giving up and that's this that's thanos's premise and like mm-hmm. you said i think they don't really develop that i, I guess i think because of their relationship in the comics, I wasn't really super hopeful for it. Oh yeah, like all that <laughs> stuff's really very different. Like he, like she did train him, or she was trained to be like his assassin, and they've, they've since like adapted it more to make it more like it. But like for instance, like Nebula and her had no sisterly relationship in the mm-hmm. comics previously. Like like Nebula's his granddaughter, I think. 
Well, I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know who her parents are. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about comics. About comics. As but uh, yeah, absolutely. Also, Nebula for like the first like lengthy section of her existence, like I, I don't know, first couple decades, uh, wore like a multicolored like purple jumpsuit and had uh, long, long uh, dark hair with like bangs and oh. and was not a cyborg in any way. Uh, like like the whole like like she wasn't tortured like like she was she was injured in battle and and became a cyborg long after her her association with thanos was completely over uh the whole like tortured backstory thing i'll add it in i'll I'll, not from the comics thanos was not a great dad but also didn't in the comics ever torture his children physically (laughs) like like, like part of it uh that's all added in by men who yep (laughs) right by uh by the guy who I love, James Gunn. I say that uh. with no sincerity. <laughs> but I feel like that's where it comes into the problem. Like that's why it's an unsuccessful version of this relationship is that it's primarily written by men, and one of which shows an open contempt for women in his work. Oh yeah, yep. Um. Well, back to Mace. Um. God, I it's really sad because like we know how his story ends and it makes it like he he had the he could have like used the rest of his life to like make up for this and like actually be a real hero and he kind of does like in the end but you know, I he did he needed to go but at the same time I I'm sad. I feel like um, Omara yeah, Omara, or Mara, Omara. He he does a really good job with this character. He makes him complex with his acting, and I think they did a really good job of just making him a complex person on on paper. Um, I agree. Like, like and, and and it reads really like well like in yeah. in a, in a few sh- very brief scenes in this episode. Yeah. Like he he plays a lot of emotion. Even- even he's not even speaking like when Coulson and Max show up and he like everything, the brief, the briefcase is destroyed and he's been shot. Like even just the look on his face is like, oh shit. Like, but also like I failed and also like, I'm really disappointed in myself and I'm sad that I don't get to be the hero. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> it's like so it many things in one look. Well, I think that like, and that failed, like somehow he communicates really effectively in that, like in those facial expressions that like yeah. all those things that you said, including like, not just he failed in general, but like he failed them. Like, yeah. it's like, 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 like yeah. I know, like, like, I disappointed you guys and like I let you down as your leader and I should have been better. Like, it's like, it, there's a lot to it. And you do, you, we have this empathy for him. Like, they may, like, in general, I'm sick of stories that make me feel empathy for cis het white yeah. dudes of privilege who are well-meaning but assholes and yeah. don't really try to listen necessarily like like i'm sick of like getting like the, lincoln <laughs> yeah of, get, of getting the other side of those guys yeah, stories and like getting their hidden motivations or whatever and like like that's like the saving grace of something i think like like breaking bad is that we aren't in the end meant meant to have him be redeemed we aren't meant to feel like oh no he was a great dude in fact like as the show went on like like they went at went on and made him a sociopath from the beginning showing like there was stuff in his backstory before the show started but they added in like oh wait no he was a raging egotistical asshole before then and like fucked over his family because of his ego but and i think like that's that's the only way those stories are really palatable and that's 
this is done in such like like a nuanced way where he is super problematic but like he's still earnestly motivated and i like it because it does feel more real because like yeah. most of the people i think we encounter day to day like like are even, not sociopaths <laughs> yeah and even bigoted assholes you know yeah. or 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 just people who grew up in a fucking racist white supremacist system you know like are still we're, we're gonna have problems and, and have unconscious shit that we need to confront and like i like the character because it's not he's not someone who's like i think thinks he's necessarily got it all figured out but he's still yeah. he's still flawed and still trying and like and when shit is brought up to him when he sees how fucked up it is like in the course of this episode like i think he we see several moments of realization yeah and yeah. Uh, it's really very well played and, and very very well written and like this, this this it's a highlight that they can make this character compelling and, and mm -hmm. someone that we care about i think of the success of the show and maybe and it's in 10 episodes and he's not even he doesn't even he's not even the focus of no. like most of these episodes this is the first episode where he has somewhat of a focus and he the, the entire episode is not even completely well, about I, him no like he's, he's like a he's got half of plot is dedicated to his storyline but he's not even the only one on screen like like yeah. he gets what a, a little more than a third of that time probably yeah i feel like most of this is about a lot of it is about like radcliffe I yeah think. No, it's um, it's amazing how well well done this is my last thought on it real quick uh it, it was still directly related to everything is i wonder if it does because we were talking about i think in one of the more recent episodes but we were questioning our uh our dislike of Lincoln is it the character is it the acting? I think it's but the it, acting. I think it is because look at what Jason O'Mara can do with a character who's given a third of the focus that we got on Lincoln, yeah. you know, a third of the time, and shows so much nuance. And like we know that the writing team, while flawed and not perfect, they look at everything before and after and around him. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, and and I'm sorry, man. Luke Mitchell, I, again, I think that it might be Amer your American accent. <laughs> they just want to let you compelling. be a goddamn Australian and not think about an American accent all the time. Maybe you could have done a great job, but I yeah. don't know. What we so, what we could have had. Because <laughs> Omara, I think, is Irish. Yeah, yeah, he is. And or like he, you know, Irish or he is British originally yeah, he, or whatever. Yeah. And he's got a fine fake accent. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. He sounds very American. Very patriotic. Um, anyway, so the rest of the scene, um, he offers to resign. He's like, okay, I get it. I'm gonna I'm gonna resign and reinstate you as director, Colson. Colson's like, nope, not so fast. He's like, sure, you lied, but you were good at it. You're good at all the politics stuff. And this is that's the stuff that I don't care for. And he's like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. You're gonna be the political face of shield and i i'm gonna get control over all operations which is really good like we're excited because we love colson we know that he's really good at his job and he's really good at all the op stuff but also it's really problematic because this is a government organization that's essentially like a police force or an intelligence agency and so you have like like the i don't know the the fake leader and then you have the actual leader that's like maybe unchecked <laughs> like with no oversight i don't know it may be uncomfortable i had to look at it from two lenses from colson fan and being happy and also like the music is really triumphant right here too so you just get that like emotional beat where you're like yes this is great colson's back and then you're like oh this is also problematic anyway we love colson we know he's good at his job but uh 
maybe in the near future we need to have this like system discussion again just to like acknowledge that it's not great i don't know yeah but him not today but maybe another episode we'll talk yeah yeah just the constant uh, that his like north star seems to be and and something passed down to him uh, from Nick Fury for sure, mm-hmm. but seems to be not being accountable to anyone, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, which isn't works great with a fictitious hero, but who, who is our noble monarch, you know, and the history yeah. of reality. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, um, I no, I, I, we could have an entire episode. I'm sure. <laughs> I, know, I know. Um, so we're almost done with this though. Uh, the very last scene is, excuse me. I'm like, really bad um i'm having all kinds of problems tonight <laughs> noisy billy um it's an, e- it's an evening recording it's, it happens there's always problems <laughs> well aside from the um being scared well no that was an evening recording too when billy walked in and scared me and i screamed <laughs> that yeah. was so funny that was- <laughs> God. uh i listened to that episode because i always forget like what we talk about because we record so far in advance. Right. So I'm like, oh, I want, I can't remember what we talked about. And I was like, oh my God, this is the one where I scream. Because <laughs> you started talking about like devil shit. Yeah, and, like, it, it, it was so yeah. well timed. I'm like, man, we- <laughs> people were all, all afraid of Dungeons and Dragons bringing about the devil. And you're like, ah! <laughs> like, <laughs> so funny. Like it was so well timed. And Aaron oh. confirmed that on Twitter that it was oh my God. quite funny to an outsider listening to it. So ridiculous. Actually, so the reason why we're recording at night this time is because I didn't sleep the other night because Billy wasn't home. So it's like I'm doomed or I, you know, whatever the phrase is, like doomed if I do, doomed if I don't. Like if he's here, he scares the shit out of me. If he's not here, I don't sleep because I'm scared. <laughs> so it's like great. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, end scene. May is in the locker room and she has this gash on her back and she's like looking at it in the mirror and she sees metal and wiring in her wound and she's like, what the fuck? So she's... Way, way to go, LMDs. Right? <laughs> but there's blood too. Okay. And, and then Daisy walks in. She's like, hey, are you okay? Do you need help patching that up? She's like, no, no, I got it. I'm fine. And she's so shaken. Um, And it's so crazy because only on agents of shield would they write in an lmd may which we're supposed to be angry about but also make her like a subconsciously evil robot twin so she doesn't know that she's an evil twin and then make us feel bad for this robot for discovering that it's a sleeper agent because yeah, she has oh, this no. weird existential <laughs> crisis thing like she doesn't know what's going on yeah. like poor robot may she just wants to do the right thing she doesn't have subconscious programming to steal the dark hold and you know play out like, like, evil plan <laughs> like, she's a, she, she didn't ask to do that she's just I trying know. to she's trying to love colson and be Aww. like may when she's not sneak sneakily trying to steal a, a dark hold <laughs> yeah but yeah i was just like wh- i really feel bad for this robot that's having like you said an existential crisis right now <laughs> like no they oh, do an God. amazing job on the show like yeah they really do insane I was thinking too, because Kevin Tantron directed this. This is one of the few Kevin Tantron episodes that he directed. There wasn't a ton of like like hand to hand combat action. Like we got yeah. that one scene in the in the shed, and that was pretty much it. Everything else was like shootouts and lots of dialogue. So this is very good job, Kevin Tantron. You can direct I mean, we already knew this, but he's not just being used for the action heavy episodes. Yeah, like we, we talked about before, but that seems to be his big thing like in other yeah. shows and like you know he, he is like one of his claim to fame is his like uh, mortal Kombat short film mm-hmm. but like, like i think definitely 
we've come to expect him to be used because he does those action sequences and those like daredevil esque like like mm-hmm. gonna cl- like closed room action sequences like really really well so i i think i noticed that too like it, it was a little bit of a shock that it was a not a quiet episode a lot happens mm-hmm. but just not not a lot of like fight scenes yeah um actually because i looked up who the writers and directors were like right before we recorded and i was surprised to see that it was him because i was like i don't know it didn't seem like an episode that he would direct but i'm glad there that he's getting a bigger plethora of i don't know he's a good director like especially with the emotional stuff like i like him i'm glad he's it's a good use of uh what you call it um nepotism <laughs> thank you nepotism yeah <laughs> so he and omara like like are the i think the the uh or like the, the uh the mvps for this episode like mm-hmm. because together i think they pulled off a, a lot yeah. with, with the direction and the, the subtle acting in this episode like yeah it was, sure. it was really good Oh, I can't. I can just imagine Kevin Tantron directing Adrian Pazdar as Talbot. He's like saying racist shit. He's like, yeah, yeah, make it worse. Like, <laughs> more problematic. That's oh, gotta be weird God. for Pazdar, right? <laughs> I'm so glad there weren't any like Asian racist jokes in this episode. That would super awkward. Because he's definitely capable of that shit. Oh, he's made them in the past. Oh, like, where absolutely. were they? Like Taiwan or something? Oh, I God. can't remember. Like, I can't remember the specifics, some, like, but just yeah. It, it was like, some like, summit, <laughs> and he's wearing like a traditional dress. Like, oh, he's not smart. <laughs> so All right, oh, we should God. probably end here because this is getting long. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, um, great episode for sure. Yeah, very well done. I like when we one more thing before we <laughs> sorry. Um, when I didn't remember this episode being as emotionally satisfying as it was, I remember just like a lot of um, I don't know loose ends kind of being wrapped up in terms of like some of Mace's story. I didn't remember like Mace actually being a compelling part of this season. And this has been kind of nice to like rewatch this and be pleasantly surprised at a white man. Well, like, you get to get to appreciate capturing my heart. This, this, little, <laughs> like, this little depth of character in the, yeah. in, in this appearance, this, this short lived character. Well, and, and uh, my last closing thought is just how different, this is from two episodes ago from, from the Ghost Rider arc, but how like cohesive and and like uh, like coherent it's been. Like this transition yeah. has been smooth as fuck. Literally two episodes ago, we, we talking had about, Ghost Rider. It was we were like, talking like, about him being possessed by the devil, and yeah. now it's Robotty and like you know fake fake superheroes coming out. Two ep- two, ep- two episodes ago, oh. I'm legitimately shocked. That the chain that that, uh, <laughs> that that Coulson brought is not being used to turn to fire. Right, <laughs> like, right. Wait, what? Yes, the ch- a chain and threw yeah. it at Ghost Rider and ne- never fire. Like that, that was the most shocking thing. Now we're like deep into like the psychology of Mace and, and, and like moving on from the Nadir plot into a different portion of the Nadir plot. Like, no, it's, it's, so it's crazy. crazy. So the other thing I just thought of, so this part of this season is very much about like the LMDs and like, you know, Radcliffe is re- slowly replacing everybody with LMDs and like yes, capturing the, them and putting the, them in the- that, That's the, the subtitle, right? Is yeah. the LMD, right. Yeah. And um, it's interesting that Mace is a part of this, this section, like his story is a part of the section. Cause it's like, he was impersonating 
someone else. So it's like, I don't know, like there's this, this level of like symbolism with him, like pretending to be something that he's not. And meanwhile, there's actual like robots pretending to be people that they are not like on well, the I, base. <laughs> well, I like that. And like subtly, I feel like it's become more and more literal as the season's gone. Cause the first, yeah. the first section is about ghost Rider. You know, it's about uh, Robbie and Eli and Robbie is not really who he is to his brother, you know, Ooh, like yeah. to Gabe, he's like, Oh, you know, totally half of his life is hidden and it's shocking. And it, and it, it, when this mask is removed, it like destroys their relationship in the same exact way. They didn't really know who Eli was. Like yeah. Eli w- was always the same guy, but also had this like really dark, you know, bent to him because he'd been wrong so badly, like because he'd yeah. been treated like so much shit. Like it just he got to he got to a breaking point where he's just like fuck them. <laughs> I'm getting what's mine. Yeah, and, and stopped even caring about his nephews anymore because because he was so jaded and 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 wrong. And like I feel like very similarly, like those are like very much masks that people are wearing. Very much people pretend to be someone else. It's also figurative. And then Mace, it's like he's literally posing yeah. as somebody else. And then, like you said, like, and eventually we just get into robot duplicates. <laughs> like, Everyone. <laughs> it just gets really, like, I love that. And it, like, you really do think looking at the fullness of the show in the depth that we have and, like, the stuff that's not us reading into it, but it's clearly there. Yeah. I, I really, I, I think that can't be accidental. Like, I think that no, this is I something thematic. There's a lot of fiction that I'm into that's written and directed by white men that absolutely things that have come up are they did not intend like stuff that like I'm thinking of Star Wars specifically because like stuff that (laughs) happened in Rogue One. I'm like, there's no way a white man knew what he was writing characters and like how significant it is to like people of color and like, you know, people that are, you know, come from a background of like diaspora and refugee and things like that. But in this case, I really do believe that it's that layered and it was planned to be that layered. Well, and uh, I know we're like, we just uh, like I'll, with editing will we'll, we'll be about uh, like an hour and a half, <laughs> I think. So I'm going to wrap my last up. It is pertinent. But like, OK, we both just watched uh, the, the Watchmen TV series on yeah. HBO. And I also just after that binged the first big uh, Lindelof show lost i yeah. rewatched the whole thing it's yeah. an excellent show there's compelling stuff there's really great stuff but you but you look at almost all their pitfalls are the way they deal with women and mm. people of color yeah. <laughs> and and you look at that and compare it to you know his experiences and you look at how much he's grown in not that long of time in less than 15 years this guy went from employing like like nine twelfths straight white dudes in his writer's yeah. room to employing less than half and making sure that it's a majority of people who are different from him and who are people of color and black women and, yeah. and uh, a, a, a majority of women, you know, it, it, it went writing for a show that's about the perspective of women, you know, yeah. like, like, like thinking about it and putting thought and care into it. And it just shows that like, like you said, like, I think it's very appropriate to wrap up this discussion of Mace because, like, he's a real life white guy who is like a, a, an example to someone like, like me, I think. And, and like a promise that, like, it, there's nobody's saviors, but like, we don't have to be shitty, even though we have biases, even though we're part of this white supremacist system and we benefit from it. Like, we can try to be better. We can do shitty 
and learn and have somebody point out to us and then improve <laughs> instead of getting defensive, like say, Hey, I'm going to fix this and, yeah. and do, do a better job next time. And, and I, like, I don't know, more real life maces and then Lindelof's. <laughs> I know, seriously. Great. Hobbs is trying to jump on the desk. Time to end. But yeah, no, I agree. Hobbs, um, Hobbs, Hobbs is <laughs> wrapping He's like, it's up. time to end. <laughs> um, uh, okay, where can people find you? <laughs> Sorry. No problem. People can find me at I Snow Nothing. And I can be found at Space Chess with four S's in the Jess. You can find this podcast at Project Tahiti on Twitter. Uh, you can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Uh, if you're a browser listener, go to butwhythepodcast.com or Podbean. Thank you all so much for listening to Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. Catch you later. Bye. Oh my god, this motorcycle is so loud. I'm sorry. Dude. Can't hear it at all on this side. It's so loud. It's like rumbling the floor. Um, <laughs> um, um sorry, Billy is interrupting. <laughs> but yeah. Um